Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the show, the best show on the internet. This is the RR Show. My name is Andy, and today I am taking you on a beautiful and wonderful meandering journey into r slash malicious compliance for this episode, which is 243. Do not forget, ladies and gentle germs, and I'm being serious here, after you've listened to this episode, make sure you go and subscribe to our YouTube channel, because you might not be ready to listen to it right now, but you will be later on, and we are dropping about two videos a week, and they are not the same stories that are on the podcast, they are fresh, and they are made specifically for YouTube. At the RR Show YT, head over there and check out my beautiful face. You never know. Uh, but without a further ado, grab your tea and your popcorn and let's jump right in with our first story from Asian Clooney. Boss tries to give disciplinary action for working too hard. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Midway through my career, I found myself working for the most prominent private college in my state. I was in the IT department and was in charge of maintaining a few servers and all of the technology in the classrooms. Every summer we would receive our budget for the year, and part of the budget I managed was spent mostly on upgrading the audio-video presentation system in the classrooms, and most of that work had to take place during the summer. This is fine normally, but our college administration had created a ticking time bomb for me a few years before. They had decided to spend about $100,000 on a few classrooms, but did not allocate any money in our budget to replace that equipment when it would eventually fail. I'd been there for five years and now that equipment was starting to fail. Increasing our budget was not an option despite faculty growing to depend on the equipment in these spaces. I was left to figure out how to make the same budget replace all of the equipment in those spaces, as well as the normal set of classrooms that we would need to be upgraded elsewhere. Fine, I was up for a challenge. I had to simplify and purchase more value brand of equipment and do extra work to cut corners. A couple of weeks of shipping delays for the majority of the equipment saw me with roughly one month to rip out, replace, rewire and configure around 15 classrooms, as well as update and test all of the existing classrooms within about a month before the semester began. Realizing the amount of work ahead of me, I began working. I came in every day of the week for 28 days straight, working 8 to 10 hours to ensure that when the semester began, the professors would have working equipment. I was salary, so I did not have to clock in. This gave me the freedom of schedule to work as little or as much as required. I worked myself sick and was literally sick at the end of the 28 days. My supervisor was a guy we recently hired, let's call him Gus. Near the beginning of the semester, 
While testing equipment, I realized that the audio driver in a common model of computer we have in the classrooms was corrupted. Investigating it, I realized that the computer manufacturer had corrupted drivers on their web server where we downloaded it from. I asked my supervisor, who was in charge of managing the image deployment server, to rebuild the image with a non-corrupt version of the driver I had provided him. He said he would. I swing by the next day and ask him if he'd completed the rebuild. He had not. I tell him I really need it as the semester loomed closer and closer and he tells me he'll work on it. Next day, nothing. Day after that, nothing. Finally, he figures it out and I continue my work. He must have not liked being pressured and perhaps the perception that he was incompetent, he was, must have gotten to him. He decides to power trip and call me into his office and ask why I was working so much. I explain the administrative oversight a few years prior, shipping delays, cheaper equipment, extra required work and his delaying of a working image. I tell him, look, I came in day after day asking for that rebuilt image. Each time I said day, I was poking my finger straight down on the edge of his desk enough that it makes a sound to emphasize that those delays hurt the work I was doing. He wanted to find some personal failing that he could pull out some form of disciplinary action around. I gave him none. Eventually, he ran out of ideas and I left his office, not thinking much of it. Gus, however, was a brown noser of the highest order. He would follow our IT director like a puppy. He joined a band with my IT director, so my work situation was not exactly fair. The semester began and not a single issue in all of the classrooms was reported. I was proud of the work I was able to complete, given the challenges. The second day of the semester, my IT director calls me into his office. There, Gus is sitting beside him and they both want to talk. I don't like the looks of this. My IT director starts asking me about why I was working so much. I explained to him, as I did Gus, the various factors that made this summer's work extra challenging. This destroyed any valid criticism they could muster. Gus goes on to say that he innocently inquired about my work and that I became violent, talking about the gesture I made on his desk, illustrating his failure to do his work in a timely manner. I demonstrated exactly what I did on the IT director's desk to show exactly how ridiculous the claim was. My IT director wanted to exert his authority and they would not stop until they had something to discipline me with. Nothing I would say would change the result. I was to be in trouble for whatever transgression they imagined up in this meeting. I make sure to point out how long it took Gus to do the small task that I depended on knowing I could have completed it in about an hour. He was incompetent. My IT director then alludes to the fact that I should respect Gus more as he's my supervisor. Ah, screw it, I think to myself. I then tell my director, it is as if Justin Bieber was trying to teach you about music theory. It is only going to piss you off. This sudden sharp and, in my opinion, hilarious comparison was too funny. Both Gus and my IT director immediately laughed their asses off, even though Gus was the subject of this insult. Once I stopped laughing, my IT director put on a more serious tone. He says that I could manage my time better despite the unique circumstances of this summer's work. His voice gets really soft and slow while he's talking to me. 
This is a trick he forgot he told me that he uses in arguments to make the other person seem like they are out of control. It is condescending, as if spoken to as a child. And now, he's using it on me. He tells me that he wants me to take some time management class. Also to take a couple of days off and think about it. I just, just want you to think about it. However, he's going to need my key and badge. Cue a malicious compliance. Well, at this point, he has successfully proved to me from enough evidence that this is not a job I want to stay in. The absurdity of working so hard and for 28 days straight on salary with no extra pay and to be rewarded with a disciplinary action was just a little bit too much. In that moment, I had thought about it. Without saying anything, I hand over my badge. I took all of my many keys off my keyring and set them on his desk. I have thought about it, I tell him, in the exact soft and condescending tone he used with me. And you can keep the keys and the badge. I told him with the biggest wry smile on my face. I then walk to my office. He follows me and I notice his eyes had become glassy as if he was hurt by the situation unfolding before him. He expected me to capitulate and accept his punishment for a job well done. He kept saying, I just want you to think about it, with each time becoming increasingly desperate. And I kept repeating, I have thought about it. He disappears back into his office with his little minion Gus to discuss damage control. I quickly pen an email to all my other co-workers letting them know I was leaving and that I enjoyed working with them. I had to work quick as I knew they would shut down all my accounts very quickly. I packed up my personal effects and left. Gus and my IT director offered to help me, trying to walk back the situation with some small gesture of goodwill. But I was gone. I had been there for five years, but I was willing to walk away the moment he tried to treat me so poorly. I found out a little while later that the week before I left, a programmer we hired left after he treated her so poorly too. I was not aware of the reason she left when she did, but our office manager shared that she quit abruptly like me without anything lined up given his behavior. About a year later, I hear from the office manager that the IT director had left. Rumor is he was primarily working for another company while in his office at the college, effectively double dipping or making money for two jobs while only doing one. He had been caught doing so and was warned by the administration to stop. He opted to leave instead of owning up to his dubious behavior. My only regret is that I didn't leave that job sooner. I always find it funny how giving people a modicum of power just sends them completely over the edge. They just go on a massive power trip. I've been in so many jobs, and I'm sure you have as well, where someone gets promoted to supervisor and they immediately become a member of the Gestapo. It's just like, Jesus Christ, you used to be cool. What happened to you? Anyway, don't forget before we jump into our next story to make sure you take your union mandated break and rest your ears. And while you're doing that, head over to YouTube and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at the RR Show YT. We've done some great videos based on revenge stories, and we've also done some fantastic videos from r slash no sleep that people say are really good. So I really want to share them with you. Head over there, the RR Show YT, and check them out. And now you've done that, on to our next story from Warm Tomato 2126 You want me to fly 12 hours earlier because it's cheaper? Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I, 56 male in the UK, was working in Africa as an operations manager for a large global security company from 2009 to 2014. The country I was working in had been through a long civil war and was very underdeveloped. Think no paved roads, people living a very traditional African lifestyle. At the time, I was working there 10 weeks in the country, two weeks at home on a rotation for about four years. I'd flown to and from work so often that I had the journey down to the bare minimum travel time. And it worked out the cheapest option for the company because travel days were paid from when I left home. The shorter my journey, the cheaper it worked out for the company. Someone in head office had looked at cutting down on travel costs probably to make themselves look good and get promoted. As a result, I got an email after a week at home saying they had changed my normal flight, which was 5pm on Sunday, from my nearest UK airport via Amsterdam, then on to Nairobi, connecting with a 9am flight to the war-torn country on Monday morning. The change was from the 5pm departure to a 5am departure the same day, same route and saving about £80. To clarify, the 9am flight from Nairobi was the first flight to the war-torn country because the destination airport was the only serviced runway in the country. It had had no runway lights or radar, so all flights had to be in daylight. Anyway, I agreed to the flight time change, but they had to move it to the Monday so I don't lose a day at home. All will become clear. They agreed because they still saved £80 on the ticket. No skin off their nose. Once I got the flight confirmation, I contacted the travel desk asking for hotel and taxi bookings. When they asked why I needed these, I explained that a 5am departure required a check-in at 3am, so I needed a hotel at the airport on Sunday night because no trains were running to get me the free hours to the airport from my home that time of the morning. The flights they booked would get me into Nairobi for 7pm after dark. So I'd need a hotel there and a taxi each way and from the hotel to get me onto the 9am flight on Tuesday. The same flight I would have been on if I'd left at 5pm but a day later. A couple of days go by and I get a phone call from the company travel desk telling me the travel plans were confirmed. I was on the 5am flight with a hotel reservation at my UK airport the night before, a hotel in Nairobi after landing and the taxi would collect me in Nairobi and drop me at the airport for my final connection. I asked about the cost saving. They said £80. I then asked about the hotels and taxis. They replied, Oh, they don't come out of our budget. That's the operations budget, so you're fine. I was happy. I was arriving back at work a day later, still paid the same amount with a night out in Nairobi to sweeten the deal. My boss, on the other hand, went nuts. Nobody had told him of the changes. My deputy flew out on the plane I flew in on, meaning I didn't get to hand over the work that was going on. On top of that, the cost for hotels, taxis, and extra days' pay had all come out of my boss's operational budget. 
I think the amount added something like a thousand pounds. But hey, they saved 80 quid on a flight. Alright ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for being here with us today. Now is a fantastic opportunity for you to head over and sub to our YouTube channel. We have been working really, really hard over there to make some really, really good videos. And I can't wait to share them with you. So head over there, take a look, and then let me know what you think. I will see you in the next episode. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookySciencesisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.